I will give thanks to you, O Lord. For though you were angry with me, your anger turned away that you might comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and has become my salvation. Give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Proclaim that his name is exalted. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do exalt you. And we give you all praise. As we gather on this Sunday before Christmas, we, we anticipate Christmas and, and celebrating the birth of our Savior. We trust in him. We do not have to be afraid. He is our Savior. He is our strength. And may all that we do glorify you in this time of worship. We do pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And good morning. Good morning. And welcome to Powell Presbyterian Church. Uh, just a, a few things that uh, I want to mention. A couple of things, actually. Uh, we will be caroling today at four, and we're going to actually meet at the church at four and go a couple places before we come back here and, and then in our neighborhood. So if anyone uh, that wants to join us for that, uh, you feel free uh, to meet at the church at four o'clock. Other than that, um, the youth uh, will resume in January. Uh, this week, we will have our Wednesday morning uh, prayer meeting and Bible study. And so we will do that uh, Wednesday morning at 1030. If you want to join us for that, uh, just let me know. I'll um, we'll find a way to be able to get you involved. I just need your uh, email address is all for that. And I believe uh, those are the announcements uh, that we have for this morning. And so what we will do is uh, go to the Lord in prayer. And as we do that, I'll just give you a, a couple of moments here uh, to prepare your hearts as we uh, go to worship the Lord. So, uh, so let's pray. Father, we are in this time of anticipating Christmas, and we do give you praise, for you have given us a gift, the greatest gift, you've given us Jesus, your Son, this Christ, this Messiah who is our mediator, for only he can span the chasm Reached by our sin. Only he can satisfy divine justice. Lord, we have sinned against you. And we ask for your forgiveness. We ask that you deepen in us a sense of our holy relationship with you. Christ has died for us. May we live in every moment of our time, in every movement of our mind, in every pulse of our hearts, let's live for you. Lord, we ask that you purify your church. May we never dally with the world and all its allurements, but may we walk by your side 
and speak your truth. And may the power of your love through Christ, which leads to salvation, extend to those who do not believe. That they may know who you are. That they may walk away from the futility of their sin into the steadfastness of your love and salvation. We ask that you save them. That they will give you praise this Christmas and for eternity. We do thank you for speaking your truth into our hearts. That as we gather and think and worship this baby who was born, our Savior, that we know who he is. And that is a gift from you. We thank you for revealing yourself to us. And we ask that we are able to be the light that shines and that others will see who you are and give you praise. We pray this in Jesus' name. Then I will have you turn to John chapter 1. And we will read uh, verses 1 through 18. And I will give a little bit of a warning right up front. This is the first time you're going to hear this passage. You're going to hear it again very soon uh, in time to come. Because what I want to do is spend some time in the book of John. And so we'll come back. And this is the prologue to John, really, and, and we'll see how this fits with the rest of, of the book. And Jesus gives us so much great teaching that John writes about. It's, it's the book of the great I Ams. I am the lights. I am uh, the gates. Uh, Jesus uh, gives us all of those I Ams uh, I, before uh, Abraham. I am. Uh, there's so much there. And so we're going to look at uh, what John writes about Christ. But this morning, we're going to look at this passage and look at it in light of Christmas. And just pull out a few things and, and focus on Christmas and this baby being born into the world. And we'll focus, uh, we'll kind of end with uh, verse uh, 14, uh, which becomes the highlight of, of the, the prologue here. But uh, let's read, uh, read John chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. 
who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. And from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. Word of the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for being word. We thank you for this time that we can spend dwelling on your word and hearing your truth. May you speak into our hearts that we may know you better. We pray this in Jesus' name. As we've gone through this Christmas season this year, we've, we've spent some time with the prophet Isaiah. And uh, Isaiah uh, would prophesy about the Messiah hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus came into the world. And, and the things he was calling this Messiah were, were great names. Almighty Father, Almighty God, Prince of Peace, Wonderful Counselor. Uh, everlasting Father. He had these great names uh, for this Messiah coming in. And when we looked at Isaiah chapter 11, uh, we noticed that the language was often like the Garden of Eden. There were animals, uh, wolves and, and bears, and eating with, with cows. And they were eating the same thing. They weren't eating each other and, and goats. Lambs, and there's, there's these animals and the child playing over uh, the, the serpent's hole, um, and, and this, this poisonous serpent, there's no fear. And, and how that reminded of the, us and, and the people that Isaiah was writing to that this Messiah is even better than we imagined. They were looking for someone who would lead the nation in, in some kind of military glory. And Isaiah saying, No. Have a Messiah who's going to break the curse of sin. This is even greater than we can imagine. Breaking the curse of sin for his people. And when we look at John, then John, he takes us back as well. In fact, he takes us back even further than the Garden of Eden. When we look at it, and John begins in the beginning, in verse 1. And of course, you can't help but hear the echo of Genesis chapter 1 in that in the beginning is how Genesis starts, chapter 1, verse 1. And that word beginning in Genesis and here in the book of John, it's an absolute. In other words, before the beginning, if, if you could put it that way, before there was anything, before all things, it's interesting that uh, when Mark starts his gospel of Jesus, he doesn't have any uh, wise men or mangers or any of that. He doesn't have a baby. Uh, he, he 
it starts like this, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And then he quotes Isaiah concerning John, and then talks about Jesus' public ministry. And Mark was written before John, and, and I have a sense almost that John knew what Mark had written, and probably read uh, Mark's gospel, and he said, Mark took you back to the beginning of Jesus' public ministry. Let me take you back a little further. Let me take you back to Genesis. Let's go all the way back. Let's find out who this child is that is born into the world. I'm going to take you to the beginning of the universe. So he writes, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was already in existence before the beginning. When the beginning of the universe was, the Word was already there. He's, he's showing us who this Christ is, who this Messiah is. The NET Bible notes here, as they uh, point out this, this whole uh, phenomenon that John writes about here, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And how that seems a little confusing, and, and the NET Bible notes uh, puts it this way, the word was with God, shows that the logos, and that's the Greek word uh, for word, the logos is distinct in person from God the Father. And then they translate that, that second phrase, the word was fully God, and, and they get the essence of what John is saying there, the word was fully God, and they write, that affirms that the word and God are one in essence. Distinct persons, Father and Son, one in essence. And we see John right away is pointing at the Trinity. We have two-thirds of the Trinity. He brings the Holy Spirit in uh, down the road a little ways, but, but it's as though John is being proactive. He knows the heresies that could possibly come uh, with this child. Some will say, well, okay, he's God, but that means he can't be man. And others will say, well, he's man, but that means he can't really be God. And John is saying, we have someone here who defies what we're able to imagine. We have this, this child who was with God is God. Uh, Edmund Clowney, the theologian, writes, the word was with God, God's eternal fellow. The word was God, God's own self. And then C.K. Barrett writes that John intends that the whole of his gospel shall be read in light of this verse. This verse says of everything about his gospel. Then he, he continues, he said that the deeds and words of Jesus are the deeds and words of God. If this be not so, the book is blasphemous. Because John is going to come back at this many times in many ways. This Jesus is God. And John makes it so clear to us for a reason. Wants us to know this. And, and he points it out even in one of the deeds uh, that, that he does, creation. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, we read, God created the heavens and the earth in the beginning. 
And here, John will write in verse 3, all things were made through this word, that God created everything. That's, that's the word I'm talking about here. And it's, it's interesting, if you were to read in the Greek, uh, this phrase, was not anything made that was made. In the Greek, John uses the word, it's, it's hand one. In other words, it's as though he's saying, there is not one thing made that he didn't make. Not one single solitary thing that exists is in existence that he didn't make. He made it all. And John is showing us the pristine nature of this Messiah. He is the pure God. The holy God. The powerful God. The perfect God. That's It's almost without morality, if you read it that way. It's almost a scientific fact. 
light shines and the darkness can overcome the light. And John Watts says, but also light is more powerful, but he also uses this word, the darkness didn't understand the light. And this is a theme that John will pick up on. It's a little bit in our passage and, and we'll develop it more later on, but this idea of dark and light as morality becomes a theme. Uh, if I can quote Carson again, he writes this, the darkness in John is not only the absence of light, but positive evil. The light is not only revelation bound up with creation, but with salvation. You see the darkness doesn't understand the light. Did not understand the light. And, and if we read it in this way, we can see it anticipates what comes in verses 10 and 11. He made the world, the world didn't know. He came to his own, but they rejected it. They didn't understand here they have the Savior, the God of the universe, right in front of them, and they couldn't figure it out. Many of them. And there's many today who still can't figure it out. They're still in the darkness. And we would be too, except by the grace of God, the light shines in us. And I love what John does with that. If you read the first Four verses there, you will notice everything's in a past tense. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was, 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 he become. But then when you get to verse five, he switches to the present tense. The light shines. Continues to shine. The, the light of creation and the light of redemption. And in verse 12, John writes, To all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You know, sometimes I, I think, um, and I never do this because people think I'm being smart aleck, but uh, I thought, when someone tells me, you know, give me Christmas, what do you give for Christmas? I would like to write on the very top the right to become a child of God. That would stagger the imaginations of anyone who was born before Christ. The right to become a child of God. And that's what he does. And he can do that because he is God. And his light shines. And then, uh, if we jump to verse 14, we, we, we get to the, the crescendo, really, of this prologue, and the Word became flesh. Talking again about that Word, He became flesh. Well, us. And we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And when John writes those first few words, and the Word became flesh, they are very bold words. They're actually very unambiguous, and, and one commentator said, almost shocking, and I would take the almost off. It is shocking. It would have been shocking. Notice that John didn't say, and the Word became a human being. And the Word became mankind. He, he didn't use anything like that because that's almost too complex. You know, human beings were kind of complex. And we could have done a lot with that Word. Well, he became a human being in this way. 
Uh, he took out some natures of humanity. He was God kind of wrapped up in a human. We could, we could have done all kinds of things if John had said this differently, but he uses a very stark term. The Word became flesh. Can't do anything with that. He became flesh. A human being. Flesh in all of its humility. Flesh in all of its weakness. He was a man. Except for sin. He was a man. The only son of the Father. There's so much in that. And we will get to that later. The only son of the grace and truth. And when John writes, and we have seen his glory, uh, if you were to see that uh, in the Greek, there's this connotation of amazement, almost surprise. You know, John was writing and saying, this word became flesh and, and is amazing. He's fully God and he's fully man. He did some crazy things. And, and it's amazing. And what's interesting is when John says in verse 14, the word became flesh, this is the last time he uses that word logos to refer to that second person of the Trinity. The last time he uses that word to refer to Jesus. From here on out, it's Jesus of Nazareth. He becomes the focus. This man, Jesus, becomes the focus. And John will follow him all the way to the cross. For he died for our sins. That we can become children of God. He saw Jesus resurrected again with a glorified body. He saw Jesus salvation through him. And John says it's amazing. We saw it and we were amazed. And it is amazing what happens with the birth of Jesus. Defying all expectation. God becomes flesh. As John would say, and it gives really this deep meaning to what happened. And I do just want to read our Christmas account from Luke chapter 2. And I'm going to read it uh, from the King James Version. And I do that because I grew up watching Charlie Brown Christmas. And when Charlie Brown cries out, Isn't there anyone who can tell me what Christmas is all about? And Linus quotes from... Luke 2, he quotes the King James Version. So, let me read that. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you Good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. 
and this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Jesus' name.